The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. Is up. Welcome to one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio. And I'm your host, Jason Paul, certified financial planner, one of the only independent commission free financial advisors in Rutherford County. For all about me, check out jasonwallcfp.com. You want to jump in any questions, comments, click email the show, or any of the social media links at financialcoachingradio.com. Let's jump right in and get started today. I found the title of this article. This is always what catches my eye in personal financial planning articles. Because these are the articles you come across on social media or just browsing the web. And sometimes they snag your attention too. And you read them and you maybe you learn something. But most of the time I think it makes you more confused if you have a sound financial game plan. This this article is entitled The Best This is the Best Way to Invest for retirement. So that's implying there is only one way that is best. And that's like anything else. Personal financial planning, especially on the investment side, is personalized, it's individualized, well, it's opinion based, right? What I believe to be best, what you believe to be best, or if another financial planner believes to be best, we could all make great cases for why this is better than that. There are some foundation principles that we can't sway from. Here are some foundation principles of investing. Watch how much you're paying your financial advisor. Most advisors charge you way too much for what they're doing. If they're not doing holistic financial planning, if they're just strictly doing investment management only and you're paying them more than a half of 1%, not 1%, a half of 1% in most cases, not all, but most. You're paying too much. You need to know how expensive your underlying investments are, whether it be in your 401k, your Roth IRA, your regular IRA, your non-qualified regular individual investment account. You need to know what your annual expense ratios are. Index funds are basically free if some of them are actually free. Free to own. Actively managed funds are drastically more expensive. And they drastically underperform their index fund counterparts. This is why there's been a major shift away from actively managed mutual fund investing and a big switch to index fund investing. Who believes in these higher cost actively managed funds that some come with a commission on the front end or built into the fee or built into the expense? Most financial advisors who will get a Get some type of compensation to sell them. These would be your banks, your strip mall financial advisors, people who are not independent, fee-only certified financial planners. And that doesn't mean every independent fee-only CFP does things this way, but most of them do. 
because on the fiduciary fee-only side, there is no incentive to steer you towards higher-cost investments because there's no commission for the fee-only advisor. So watch what you pay your financial advisor. Watch what you're paying for your investments. Understand your overall asset allocation strategy. And this is, the numbers have been crunched and everything, you know, the articles start coming out, interest rates go up, they go down, uh, rates of return get updated, you know, every decade or so. We look at the last 10 years, the last five years, last 15 years. We look at retirement distribution withdrawals and try to focus in on the best investment strategy. Again, that's the title of the article. Is there a best? Hells to the no, there's not. not maybe for you. But what's best for you may not be best for anyone else. Maybe similar. But overall investment strategy, this is a vague deal. You could come into a financial planner's office, have Social Security, pension, maybe you do, maybe you don't. And you have a certain amount in your IRAs, a certain amount in your 401ks, whatever. You're trying to create income off of your investment so you don't run out of money in retirement. In most cases, if you have developed a, a nest egg that, is, that, is, that will provide you uh, your needed income, and usually these days, you know, the, the magic 4% rule, right? What is that? This means if you live off 4% a year of your investments and adjust that for inflation, you don't do any more, any less, the money is predicted to last 25, 30 years. That's been back-tested. That's what I was referring to. This gets debated every time interest rates change, every time stock market returns change, because all of that withdrawal rate and the success of that 4% withdrawal rate hinges on taxes, insurance, and rates of return. Uh, insurance, interest rates. Interest rates on your fixed income investments tax rates that you're paying for your withdrawals or your growth on your investments and the average annualized return of the equity-based investments in your allocation. So how is an asset allocation strategy articulated? It's as a ratio, 50-50 stock to bond. And don't get too hung up. There could be a little bit of cash in there and other asset classes other than just stocks and fixed income. But it's just really how much do you have in cash and fixed income versus everything else is the way I look at it. And we still, I still like to articulate that in the ratio. 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, 80-20. the most popular asset allocation models. Is there one better than any other? No, because ultimately if you have amassed enough to retire to live on three and a half, four percent of your of your your assets per year adjusted for inflation if you just look at the the, uh, the math nerds who have already crunched this it doesn't really matter 80 20 will get you there 60 40 will get you there 50 50 will get you there now we can't get too conservative that we start shooting ourselves in the foot so the major difference between those investment strategies when we're beyond cost of our advisor, cost of our investments, and we're looking at how at a high level should we invest, it comes down to those major asset allocation models. And the reason that most retirees do not select a higher ratio allocated to stocks in their strategy, one, well, the advisor doesn't recommend it. 
for various reasons. But they don't choose to go down that road because of the volatility. You could call it risk. It's The risk is not the proper term because the more bonds and cash you have in your allocation, the less ups and downs you will have. The more stocks you have or more percentage you have weighted towards stocks, the more ups and downs you have. Also, the more return you're going to get. If you have more bonds and cash in your allocation, the less return you're going to get. So it's a volatility return trade-off. That's just how it works. You're trying to forge a good blend for your investing psychology and expectations and retirement goals between the volatility you will tolerate without wanting to go in and monkey around with everything, make changes, should we buy, should we sell, I'm nervous, can't sleep, all those emotions, with the rate of return that you think is accept acceptable. If you do not care about volatility at all, it doesn't bother you, you can be more aggressive, be more weighted towards the stock percentage. If volatility bothers you a lot, then you got to have more on the cash and fixed income. It is just that simple. But in all scenarios, if you look at the back testing by the math nerds on the three and a half, four percent withdrawal rate of your retirement assets to make sure you don't run out of money in over two and a half, three decades or more, it doesn't matter. They're all providing you the return that you need. So the trick is what investment strategy? Here's what the best means. When we get beyond cost of investments and cost of advisors. Best means this to me. We select one that's, for the most part, and we can't just bury our head in the sand and forget and don't do nothing for three decades. That's not what I mean. But when times get rough, which strategy and volatility level are you going to be able to accept with the advice and counsel of your fee-only certified financial planner and not want to jump out and jump in and get worried and can't sleep because if you're always making those changes, that's called market timing. And that's one of the quickest ways to make, or easiest ways to make a mistake. So I'll say all this about the article. This is the best way to invest for retirement. I'm not even going to read it because there is not one way. There are things that we need to make sure we're doing low-cost index fund investing and you know <laughs> found it find it really funny there's that other radio show for 30 years or something like that he was pushing his commission-based uh, recommended endorsed local whoever and what somewhere where i quit listening i don't know five years or so or less now he's recommending fee-only people Obviously, he had a change of heart of what he thought was best. And then another note on withdrawal rates. I mentioned the 4% withdrawal rate. If, if you want to be super conservative and make sure you never, ever have zero, almost zero chance of running out of money, 3 3.5% usually gets you there. But here is the fear of, of that. Not fear. Fear is the wrong the concern that most people have been doing this for a while and have lived through people being retired uh, in this profession is we got to be careful of not spending enough because it's you saved it to enjoy. And I think going much below the 4% withdrawal rate for 4.5%, I think you're spending too little. But it is all about peace of mind. 
These are conversations you have with your independent fee-only CFP. What is the cost for you? Meaning the advisor. What is the cost for my investments? What's our overall strategy? Is it 60-40, 70-30, all that? What's the underlying asset classes? International, U.S., etc. Then we look at you know, these things of financial personality. We gotta be. We gotta have. We gotta talk through these scenarios, and because there is no right or wrong answer, the right answer is what gives you the most peace of mind, and the wrong answer is what takes away peace of mind. Appreciate you listening. I'm gonna take a quick break, and we'll dive into much more on holistic financial planning. We'll talk a little bit about taxes, maybe some estate planning. If you have a question, jump in. Click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. Keep it locked in right here on W. Cooking the lunch, room ready to sell. You're lucky if you can find a seat. Hey, Financial Coaching Radio listeners. If you don't understand exactly how your financial advisor is compensated, you could be in big trouble. My name is Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner. To learn more about why my process is so unique, go to jasonquallscfp.com or call 878-2134 today. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you were my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. Did you know that the U.S. tax code has over 70,000 pages? This is precisely why you must have a tax expert on your team. The folks at THNW CPAs have been providing their expertise to individuals and businesses in Middle Tennessee for over 50 years. And now they have an office right here in Murfreesboro. Call Kevin Sizemore today with THNW CPAs at 848-1072. That's 848-1072 or online at THWCPA.com. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. I'm Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. Joining in now is John Baker, Estate Planning Attorney. John, welcome back to the show. Yeah, always great to be here, Jason. Let's talk a little bit about first about Medicaid planning. What is it? What's the eligibility? People confuse, I think, in their early retirement years and later as well. Medicaid and Medicare, they sound very similar, but they're vastly different things. Sure, yeah. So, so you know, Medicare is the uh, is the uh, you know the government uh, backed uh, healthcare system, primarily for retirees and and, and persons that are uh, disabled persons, and uh, it it pays for a lot of uh, routine care, care in hospitals, and uh, care for things such as you know heart attacks, cancer you know, a wide variety of illnesses, but it does not pay for long-term care when we start talking about nursing homes and, 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 and that type of thing. So if you've got an illness such as, you know, say dementia, Alzheimer's, maybe Parkinson's, you've had strokes, you know, there are certain illnesses that can trigger needs for long-term care at a high level, at a high skill level, basically in a, in a nursing home. And uh, in Medicare, 
uh, does not cover that. They they do cover a rehabilitation for for a short period of time, but 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 if you're going to be in there long term, um, Medicare is not going to cover it. And then most people if are going to look toward the Medicaid system, which is a completely different system, and it is a financial need based system that uh, has a lot of complicated uh, rules. And and only uh, persons with minimal net worth can uh, are eligible. This is where the state is paying for your long-term care. Right. It's the state and federal program. In Tennessee, it's called TenCare. So if you hear TenCare, that is Tennessee's Medicaid program. And TenCare, I think this is more widely known as what health insurance for those. Uh, right. They had, they're, they're different programs. Uh, and, and so there's But one of the programs for TenCare is nursing home care. Yeah, long-term care services. That's right. So it, how does one qualify for Medicaid or TenCare as a long-term care uh, provider? Yeah, so it, it, it's, it, it depends if the person's single, if they're married, uh, the types of assets they own. Certain things are exempt. For example, a, a, a re- your residence is usually an exempt asset, uh, so you can still qualify and, and own your home. Um, the, uh, an automobile, funeral burial policies. Uh, so there's a number of exempt assets, but as far as countable assets go for a single individual, it's more complicated for married couples, but for a single individual, they, they cannot have uh, in excess of $2,000 in countable resources. So it's a very small amount. And that's all the assets they could own in those kind of black. And income, right. there's an income qualifier, qualifier and, too. And, right? and there, are, there are income things. Uh, there, there's a, Do they uh, go hand in hand? Or they, is it either or? Is it both? Well, so the income qualification, uh, there, there, there is a cap for income. And, it, it, and I don't have the number right in front of me, but it's about $2,500 a month. And if your income exceeds that, you can still qualify. I think for now Medicaid. it's twenty seven hundred. Yeah, you can qualify for Medicaid, but uh, but you'll have to uh, create what's called a qualified income trust to to administer that income. So so there isn't there is a uh, way to get Medicaid uh, if you have too much income, and so. So let's, make, let's make it easy. Let's, let's say the income limit is equal to the asset limit, even though we know it's a little higher. So the income limit is 2000 a month, but someone has 3000 a month of income. What The excess They'll goes have, into this trust? Yeah, so, so kind of to simplify it, yeah, they, they, if they have excess income, then, then at least the excess will go into this qualified income trust account. And is that for the state to use? Yeah, that, to that repay pre- themselves for the, well, the yeah, Medicaid. So, so, so the uh, so the patient or, or the family member administers that account and is the trustee, but that money goes to pay the nursing home cost, the patient liability. Uh, the Medicaid will tell the patient how much they have to pay each month, and 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 the difference is picked up by TenCare or Medicaid. That's right. The 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 what the income won't cover is what Medicaid's going to. What about pay. the exempt income? Is that still income they keep, or is the entire income going to this trust? Well, you, you can uh, you have to put. A, at least the excess into the trust but sometimes it's advisable to just for ease of administration to put most all the income into the trust just to make it easier to administer but at least the excess income has to go into that trust each month 
and then uh, and then that goes toward the cost of care. And but I guess you would not do all of the income of the trust if there were other expenses you were paying while you were well, in the nursing home. And I, I assume that that's where people could get into a trouble. Well, they with, know, without the access that now is going to the the Medicaid trust. Well, uh, and, and so Medicaid, they can't pay their expenses. Yeah. So Medicaid is and that's a good good question or good point because Medicaid you know you know for a single individual uh, does not allow for any expenses out of that income other than the medical the nursing home medical insurance and a fifty dollar allowance to the patient so even the, the income that's not the that's excess. right that's right All Enter, i didn't i've never heard that so so if the patient has you know some sort of a cell phone or or, or uh you know whatever extra payments car payment uh, if they own a car, car payments, there's no extra money to pay those things. Interesting. Other than the $50 a month allowance. So even though there's some non-cannibal assets and maybe your assets aren't over the limit, let's yeah, say. Well, yeah, well, you you'll still have, have some stuff that you, you, yeah. you owe for. Right. right. So and, and like I said, they, they allow you to have uh, you know up to $2,000 in your bank account, so you'll have a little bit of money there to you know pay for some extras, but it, it's not going to last a long time if you're in the nursing home a long time. Uh, and again, so those you have expenses related to those things that yeah. you just got to get rid of them. Yeah, right. And so that's a practical situation that fam that the that the patients and their family may face is that uh, yes, we have a house, but you know, you ha in a house you have to pay property insurance, property taxes. There's upkeep, and and the patient on Medicaid doesn't have the money to pay those things, even if the property is exempt. Um, therefore, the practical result for, for some families is they're either going to have to lease that property or sell it because they don't have the money themselves to keep paying for it. Very good information on Medicaid planning. If you're just tuning in, we're talking estate planning, Medicaid planning with John Baker, estate planning attorney, bakercouncil.com is his web address. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Stick around. We'll continue this discussion on the other side of this break. When love runs high. In this time, give it to me easy and let me try. Do you have a financial plan? I'm not talking about a worthless binder full of pretty charts and graphs. Are you certain you're on track to reach all your financial goals? A comprehensive financial plan is about so much more than just your IRA and mutual funds. It involves risk management, tax planning, professional investment management, retirement, and estate planning. Make sure your entire financial life is in order by calling me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Buying a house is stressful and so is shopping for a mortgage. Take my advice and get a second opinion on the mortgage for your new home or your refinance. Not all banks and mortgage companies are created equal. Trust me on this. Call my friend Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. Great team, great process, and the best rates. Marshall Sparkman with Franklin Synergy Bank at 615-439-0885. What's your name? What's your daddy? Who's your daddy? He's 
Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. This is the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. No books to sell. Certainly not pushing any financial products. I'll leave that to the other guys. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, independent certified financial planner. In the house still is John Baker, estate planning attorney. Last segment, we're talking about Medicaid planning for long-term care. You have that the exempt income amounts about twenty seven hundred a month. The exempt assets uh, is about two thousand dollars total. You basically can't have anything to qualify for the state to pick up the tab to pay for your long term care services. So if you don't have the assets, John, uh, for a very substantial long term care stay, but you are over the limit, you're required to spend those assets first on your care, right? To get down to the limit. Well, you'll hear the term spin down. So you have to do a spin down. Now, what that will exactly involve could be a number of different things depending on the case. It could be a literal spin down on the care. It could be converting uh, uh, resources into income. Uh, It could uh, be purchasing things like funeral exempt assets like funeral and burial. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, things that can go into getting those resources under the $2,000 limit. But, but, but yes, in general, what you're doing is you, you've got, if you have excess resources, you have to get the countable resources under $2,000. What is the process that most people are taking? This, this seems, I've been in this business over 20 years. I don't do Medicaid planning that often. But I have I've researched it. I have to study it through coursework or continuing education right. or CFP training, all that stuff. But I'm by, I'm no expert. The this seems like an area where you have to rely on expert advice. And is that something most people are doing in this process? Are they going at it alone? Well, you know, I, my perception is is uh, most people probably are not hiring. Uh, attorneys and, and financial advisors to you know to really look closely at this is it even known that they need to do so, that or is I think it's like a hey, lot of people uh it's not i, I really do so um but it's it, pretty it's, complex it, yeah it's 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 uh it's it's a very complex uh you know government benefit program and and like a lot of benefit programs there's a lot of paperwork a lot of documents required uh the applications you know i do medicaid applications for clients and 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 it can take me you know, many hours to put together a complicated application. Uh, so it's... Uh, and then when you uh, submit that application to, to the state, what happens then? And then once once it's filed, and, and, and typically when you file, uh, you want to be eligible at that point. And so you file your application, so that kind of gives you your start date. So if you, if they find you're eligible, they'll, they'll start payment back at the date you filed your application. And, uh, and then it takes the state, you know, uh, it can take, uh, you know, typically probably 30 to, to 60 days or so before you'll hear back from the state. And, uh, and they'll respond that, you know, you're approved or you're denied or they need additional information. And, and then you just, you know, con- continue on with the application, you know, until it's done. If there's a mistake made, if you believe TenCare made a mistake, then you file an appeal, which is which is not an uncommon thing to do, and and then you go through that process, which can take longer. So, uh, you know, the, what I the at the process is stressful for everybody involved, for the family. You know, the nursing home, you know, wants to get it done because they, they need to get paid. And do they help and, uh, with this process for so those yes. who don't have legal so, counsel? So. 
So, in, uh, yes, nursing home uh, will prepare Medicaid applications for their patients in those cases where, where they can do it. Now, if it's a complicated case, they may tell the family that, that they, they, they don't feel like they can do that. But my, my suggestion on that, if, if you're qualified, if you're already in a, a low-income, uh, low-net-worth you know, uh, situation, you don't have many assets, uh, then, then oftentimes the nursing homes can, can process those for you. But if you have assets, if you have a spouse, if you own a home, uh, it's usually beneficial, you know, to talk with a, with an elder law attorney and, and see what options that are there. But then it becomes more, can we protect some of these assets yeah. by using the rules? Protect, uh, get more to the spouse at home, stretch out the dollars, you know, whatever we can do to, uh, you know, to, uh, to make it uh, work as best as we can, you know, for, for the financially. On the flip side of this, you know, someone having enough assets to pay for their own care for a substantial uh, yes. uh, period of time or long-term care insurance, which is basically non-existent in, uh, as a new policy these days, but there's a lot of existing older policies out there. Uh, and one thing to point out, if you're using the Medicaid system, the state system, to pay for your care, your nursing home location options are pretty limited. Right. Yeah, so, well, it has to be a Medicaid qualifying or Medicaid, Medicaid eligible facility. So, in other words, they, 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 they have agreements with uh, Medicaid to comply with their rules and, and to provide space for Medicaid patients. And most of our nursing homes are Medicaid uh, uh, accepting nursing homes. However, uh, there, is a, there is a space availability issue. I mean, in, in recent cases uh, here in Rutherford County, I've had people placed in, in, in facilities outside the county because there was not space available in the county. So, so you are subject to what's available, uh, you know, for a Medicaid bed. You know, is there a Medicaid bed available is what you'll hear. John Baker, estate so. planning attorney specializing with Medicaid and asset protection and elder law is kind of your, your practice, right? So we do, um, uh, yeah, we, we, we do estate planning with, with an elder law focus is, is a good way to describe a lot of what, what we do. Uh, and, of course, we do Medicaid cases for people when they do have those situations going on. Uh, we're happy to evaluate those. So, If you'd like to reach John off the air, bakercouncil.com or local phone number 896-5621. I get that right? 896-5621? Yeah, Give him a call locally. He'll happily bring you in for a consultation for any of these estate planning issues. Appreciate you joining. We're going to take another break. We'll be back right after this. Keep it locked in right here on WGNF. are your investments costing you each year? Most people don't have a clue. Why is this extremely important? Because overpaying by just 1% a year in fees and expenses can reduce your account balance at retirement by 28%. You heard me right. 28% less at retirement. I'm commission-free certified financial planner Jason Qualls. I don't sell financial products. I don't accept commissions or kickbacks from investment companies. Give me a call today for a free unbiased investment review at 878-2134 or visit my website, jasonquallscfp.com. A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? 
tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back to the show. This is Financial Coaching Radio. Listen anytime, anywhere at financialcoachingradio.com. Click email the show. Not email the show, excuse me. Click listen live. If you want to listen during the live hour here, 4 o'clock every weekday. And you got a list of the podcast on financialcoachingradio.com. Click most recent shows. There's a long list of shows. If the older shows are by title, the newer shows are just by the date. Uh, it could get a little confusing. If you're not sure you listen to the most recent, shoot me an email. We'll make sure you are. You know, a lot of shows, there's, there's usually there's two facets of financial talk radio. Those who are trying to get you into their office so they can sell you some type of financial product and those who are trying to push their agenda to oversimplify their process to get you to a live event and sell you books. This show, I guess we are in the middle. It's about information. Call, don't call. Email, don't email. We don't have live events. We don't have books. It's all about, hey, is this topic relevant to you? That's what Financial Coaching Radio is all about. Appreciate you listening today and every day. Again, check out the podcast uh, at financialcoachingradio.com. If you're looking to learn more about what I do, how I do it, why my financial planning practice is unique, go to jasonqualscfp.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. I'll be back at you next time right here on WGS. Keep it locked in. There is more local talk as always coming your way right after this.